Bow your heads with me as well, will you please? Oh Lord Jesus Christ. What we have witnessed in these hours together. Are those moments when you in your loneliness. Aloneness. Took upon yourself. All the hate and damnation that we deserve. The wickedness of this world. All the despicable acts of history. So that we might be made new. Thank you for giving up your spirit. For voluntarily, sacrificially, taking our place and our judgment and our death. That we might have newness of life. as we come to the close of this time with you, Lord Jesus, in your mercy take my lips and once again speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own. And take our hearts, Lord Jesus, and set them on fire with love for yourself. Walk amongst us. Meet with us. And in these moments, transform us by your grace. We pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. A group of men sat having breakfast together. Just outside, a little way away from the Arlington Stadium in Texas. Huge football stadium holding tens of thousands of men that weekend who'd gathered for a Promise Keepers Conference. It was a Friday night, an all-day Saturday. The Friday night meetings had been held, and it was Saturday morning. And these men sat in a fairly nice restaurant having breakfast. And outside, looking in through the window, was a derelict, a street person, one that we describe as homeless, watching them eat. They were aware of him. And as they left the restaurant, so this man approached them and asked for money to buy food. 
And what these men did, instead of giving him money, asked him to come back into the restaurant and they would buy him breakfast. So they returned to the restaurant and sat with this man. Bought him whatever he wanted for breakfast. He ate heartily. And they began to talk to him about himself. Where are you from? He said, Alabama. They said, how did you get to this state? And he shared with them that he felt back a half a dozen or so years that he was a complete failure to his family. He had lost his work. He couldn't get a job. He felt he couldn't provide for them. He felt he was a complete failure. And in despair and disgust, left his family, deserted them. He couldn't face his failure living with them. He just went on the road. And so he here ends up in Arlington, a beggar on the streets. In mentioning that he was from Alabama, they said, we ran into some chaps from Alabama. They were all wearing the same sort of crimson sort of colored shirt, sweatshirt, with Alabama written across the front of it. This man said, do you think you could get me into the meetings? I'd love to hear what's going on over there. If guys like you are there, I'd like to be there. So they said, well, we'll try and get you in. It is by ticket, but we'll see what we can do. And they took this man over to the stadium. And sure enough, looking around, they saw the group of fellows with these crimson sweatshirts and Alabama across the chest. And later during the day, they took him over to where they were so that he could meet this group of men from Alabama. And as they're standing talking together, this group of chaps who had breakfast, now with this derelict in the meeting with them, and the group of chaps from Alabama, one of the fellows from Alabama, looking at this man, this street person, said, you're my dad. You're my dad. Come on home. We've made it. We're together. We want you to come back home with us. Come on home. That day, that man found Jesus, found a new life, and was restored to his family. The reason I got that news, because being one of the people involved with Promise Keepers, I had that report sent to me. And in that remarkable description, 
What you really have is Jesus finding one man and then crowds of thousands connecting that one man with his son in the middle of a stadium. God in a miraculous way watching out for that one man and connecting him with his family so that he was restored and in the process of being in that stadium heard all that was said about Jesus and asked the Lord Jesus to come into his life. Now in this gathering here this afternoon, at the cross of Jesus is one such person. Despite however many people there are here, and this is not the Arlington Stadium, there's one of you whom God is moving in on, has been pursuing you, and you know it, and wanting you to come to him. And as you've heard across the space of whatever time you've been with us here this afternoon, you have discovered a Jesus who loves you profoundly. You, as you are right now, loves you profoundly. In John's Gospel, the narrative that leads to the cross begins at John chapter 14. And it's in the upper room, which is where we were here last night. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be as well. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be as well. If it were not so, I would have told you, I will come again and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Now he's speaking that to his immediate disciples. He's told them he's going to leave them. They are heartbroken. They don't understand it all at that moment for all their three years of being with him and watching what he did and trying to grasp who he was and what his business was what he was about you sitting here this afternoon know more about all that than they did at that moment which is an astounding thought you know that when Jesus said I go to prepare a place for you in one instance he's speaking about heaven a place in heaven, that he was going to leave them and go back to the Father, to heaven. And he's telling them that they will be with him and that he is going to prepare a place for them. And in saying that, he's not simply talking about going to tidy up the room, be sure there are flowers in a vase and the beds made. He's talking about going to the cross and in the process of going to the cross and dying on the cross, 
just has, has been well laid out before you to pay a price that we could never pay, to win for us a place that we could never ever deserve in heaven. So in going to the cross, Jesus paid that price. All part of the preparation for us to be able to go to heaven one day in glory and be with him. All of us will die unless the Lord himself comes back before that. And the Lord will meet you in that death and take you to be with him in glory. But in John chapter 19 and verse 30, as Jesus is coming to the end of his time on the cross, he cries out to the Father, It is finished. It is finished. And what he was speaking of was all that he had gone to the cross for, all that he had borne on that cross, all the sin he had taken on himself, and in that had paid for in full, which is what that phrase actually literally means, paid for in full for all our sins. Paid for in full. Nothing more to pay. The full debt paid for of all that we owed by way of the judgment we deserved, the debt we had incurred, the guilt we bore, all taken care of, paid for in full. No more to pay. You and I bulk at that because it would appear to us that we must pay something. It is too good to be true that Jesus took it all, all of it. And in dying on the cross, paid for the hell we deserved, went to the hell on the cross. Why the Father cried out, why have you forsaken me? In those moments, Jesus was absolutely God-forsaken and guilt-burdened with our indebtedness and paying for it all. And even though all our instincts said, it must cost me something, I have to pay more, whether it's to go to church or in some sense to make amends or to become a missionary or a preacher, or a Sunday school teacher, or sing in a choir, or give away all my wealth, or work for a charitable organization. I have to do something. But we dare not even suggest, in saying what I've just said, that Jesus did not do enough that somehow there is something we have to add to what he did so that we, in some sense, have paid for some of it. 
And the miracle of what God has done for us in Christ is that he has paid for it all. It is finished. The Greek word tetelestai, paid for in full, used as the close of a transaction when something is purchased in full. From those days, it was either scratched onto the papyrus or pressed into clay like a seal to Telestai, paid for in full, nothing more owed. Christ has paid for it all. Can you believe that? Will you believe that? There was a day in that man's life outside of the restaurant in Arlington, though he did not know it, in waiting for those men in order to scrounge a breakfast meal from them, that he had an appointment. He had an appointment with the Lord Jesus. Not only with his son back in the stadium, he had an appointment by which he came to Christ and all that he had ever done that was wrong and wicked, even in deserting his family, even in however he'd lived on the streets, whatever he'd done with his life up until then and beyond then as it would turn out, his indebtedness had been paid for in full and he had a moment that day when that all became real to him. You know, as part of building this church, over a million dollars was given to me personally. Most of you don't know this. You would never guess it. $1.17 million was given to me personally to spend in ministry how I might choose. And I said to the parish council here, I will give this money to the church if you will ask the church to match it and thereby complete whatever funds were necessary to finish this building. And that's the way it worked. But listen to me. That check was worthless to this church until I put my name to it. I had to sign the back of that check. And you know how that works. And in signing the back of that check and making it payable to Christ Church at Grove Farm, the value of that check became theirs. Have you ever put your name to what Christ has done for you.
You know the facts. The benefaction has been made. Have you put your name to it? I'm going to ask you to pray with me now and do just that. In fact, if you are able to get on your knees, please do so. If you are that one person, and you know it, you do know if you are that one person, God has borne testimony to that in your own spirit. You are that one man or woman. And whether it's because you have wandered away and need to come home, or because it is something you've taken for granted and now realize you need to do something about, or because somebody has brought you here and you've grasped how much Jesus loves you, say to him in your own heart, say in your own heart to him, Dear Jesus, I need you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying for all my sins. Thank you for coming to me right here, just now, and convincing me. And in my own heart and spirit, Lord, I reach out to my hand, I reach out my hand to you and grasp a hold of you and cling to you and say to you, Lord, I give myself to you. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, we praise you that upon the cross you conquered the power of sin and death. We are forever in your debt. You who paid our debt in full, and so release us from all obligation and penalty for the sins we have committed. By faith and the confirmation of your Holy Spirit upon us, we claim with you that it is finished and the debt is paid in full. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for so great a victory. Amen.